Welcome to Foreman of Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And today, Cindy, it's that moment. <laughs> it's that most ex- I don't know why I get... You know what happens when I go into the produce section, right? N- no. I get, I, I, you don't recall? I get all dippy. I get excited. Why do you think I ride out to farms and get things from farmers? Well, I know the farms are And I bring exciting, them to you and you say... Yay. This is great. Yes, of course. Thanks for doing all the work. Wait, when you say the produce <laughs> section of the grocery, I wasn't really sure what you were going for. But no, I get the but farmer. I, I want to see beautiful things. And it's, yeah. I mean, we're getting to that point of the year. Mm-hmm. Asparagus came. Yay. And asparagus is still with us. It's, and it's so a, good. It's about to it's be too warm. Year. It's going to go away. Yeah, yeah. So. What's next? What's next is fava beans, right? I mean, that's, so you expect exciting. those to start coming from further down south. And then they'll start coming from the area. English peas are starting to show up, and into June we'll see those. But honestly, the thing I end up getting excited about is lettuce. Mm-hmm. All winter, like we eat lettuce. We have like <laughs> XYZ entree salad. I'm being healthy. I'm eating my salad. I'm eating my lettuce. And, so that, and the texture is not what it can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, if... I have lettuce growing in my garden right now. I'm just waiting to pick it. Rabbits don't eat lettuce out of season. Uh- <laughs> Right. Well, right? let's go by what the Why rabbits do. Why do you think they do, seem Tony? so happy? <laughs> the nose is all twitchy. Uh, I also right? had a rabbit in my yard this morning. Thank God he wasn't able to jump up into my garden beds Thank and God eat my lettuce catch this him morning. And cook him. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Little rabbit for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Actually, rabbit riette. Yeah, somebody for breakfast, was, like crunchy toast. Somebody was working on my house, and he said, "You know, you can eat those." I'm like, "Yes." He didn't know I was a chef. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm aware of that. <laughs> I've served so, that a couple of times. But I. And then, then I was thinking about a restaurant we went to years ago. And we can talk about favorite things to do with these lettuces as they show up. Mm-hmm. And different ones have different flavors. And lettuces versus greens. And greens will start coming usually a little bit later. The deeper the green, the later it comes usually. Mm-hmm. It takes longer to develop that, that flavor. More, the deeper the more green, chlorophyll. the more you can cook it. Generally, the more you have to cook it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, collard greens especially. I mean, you can't eat those raw, so... No, and and, and, honestly, and and they're not great until you get to the fall anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a you ways know. for those. Mustard, same thing. I mean, that's like yeah. September. Mm-hmm. You'll get you'll get little baby mustards, and they're good, but they don't have the zing. The tender lettuces you know, are what are available. If you now. if you if you're braising a venison shank or something, mm-hmm. and you want mustard greens, braise mustard greens with that. It's no, that's November. Yeah, you know? but we're not there. No, we have. We're in the blessed time. The, <laughs> you know, I think it's also nice with a tender lettuce, like butter lettuce or whatever is, you know, coming up right now. Like I have red romaine in my garden. You know, a, a lettuce that's delicate like that, it's always nice to do a bright vinaigrette, but not something with too much flavor. You don't want to beat it up. Yeah, you can, that, that is not the spot for the extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's corn oil. Neutral oil, corn, or, or 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 cut cut the extra virgin. Like they have a really beautiful fruity extra virgin, arbequina or something. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it depends on the extra virgin. Cut cut it with canola. Cut it with corn oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, something pretty and fruity is is nice with that. And I was making a dressing the other day where we pureed. We we did. Um, it makes about two and a half cups of total dressing. You do two whole eggs in the blender. Add a little bit of fresh lemon juice. I usually do about the juice of two lemons. 
and um, put half a bunch of basil in, or what you would think of as about half a bunch of basil, nice, really gorgeous, fresh uh, basil, puree it in the blender first, and then start to, and add salt and pepper, and then start, and I added garlic, I chopped it up pretty fine before I just, you know, went into the blender with it, and you can either add the garlic or not, that's up to you, but it's sort of a, a fun dressing with, um, uh, and I used corn oil, and I added Reggiano at the end. And it just, it's such a beautiful emulsified vinaigrette, and it's so yummy, and lots of basil and the acid. You could use lime juice instead of lemon. Yeah. and so it's Sort of on the road to Caesar. Mm-hmm. But the basil, yeah. And it's yeah. it's so good. It's, it's really great with romaine especially. And then we have those local tomatoes that we get from the Amish farm. So I was serving slice of the, slices of those with extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper and then the baby red romaine and uh, that great basil uh, vinaigrette. It's fun. It's funny. I, I notice when you go to the grocery store and you feel like I'm a produce toucher, a produce smeller. I'm sorry. I can't help it, you know, <laughs> pandemic or not. Like I want food to be good. Right. You can wash it. For sure. Yes. <laughs> um, I hope that you do. But – when, when you touch like uh, bib lettuce in the grocery store, and You're it's the commercial, me out. no, but it's the truth. <laughs> anyway, you, the thick the thickness of that lettuce, it's very thin. Uh huh. Yeah, it is. It's very very delicate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much dressing to oh, become no. like and and no. very quickly overdressed. Mm-hmm. You have the real stuff that like that shows up whole heads and they're dirty. You know, we're, we're getting our first stuff from Two Boots Farm. Mm-hmm. Right, we get with in in the next day or so, and that stuff shows up like right out of the field. That's very dirty. We, yeah. we have to wash the bejesus out of it. Right, um, and that's just a big sink of cold times. water. Let's and pull it out before well, you. We'll, we'll keep it in the racks dirty until we actually need to wash it and use it. Right, because it keeps so much better. Mm-hmm. But oh my goodness, the texture—it's two, three times thicker. Mm-hmm. It takes a good bit more dressing just to. To really dress that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, it has it has body to it for sure, but it it tastes great and that's fun and there's lots of different well, that, dressing. Well, what dressing do you like to put on? What's your favorite right now? What's in my brain? There was a there was a two star Michelin restaurant in Tours that we went to twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and it was it was a gentleman's name Jean. I can't think of the last name. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, there's a, this amazing collection of old Vouvray. No surprise because right. it's right down the road. And and all the different sweetness levels, so the dry stuff, the semi-sweet, the very sweet, that good sparkling bouvray, all this kind of business, and many other wines, but that was cool. And so I wanted to have one of the mature wines. They had a salad on. It was a lobster salad. But the spectacular thing about that salad, it had this very delicate vinaigrette, white wine vinaigrette from mm-hmm. Chenin Blanc, which mm-hmm. is the grape there, and mango. That's when I started doing the, t- the, yeah. the lobster salad. Yeah, yeah. I forgot it Lob- was after lobster, that. Because lobster has a certain punch of flavor. Right. And mango has a certain punch of flavor. But neither one is like strong, strong. And it was just shown off against this remarkable, with a little bit of shallot against this remarkable. Mm-hmm. It was a like warm. Big bed of, of lettuce. It was like braised for one second. Yeah, it was a, a warm know. salad. It but was still had texture because it had because it was really good lettuce. It was so good. Yeah, that was like I, I recall eating there two nights in a row and having that dish two days in a row with one of those older uh, Vouvray, and I was like, oh, 
lettuce can be a good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy gets so the good stuff. Good. Yeah, the that high was test. so good. Well, that was that was when I came back. I made the we, when we came back. I made the dressing where I reduced um, fresh orange juice, fresh lemon juice, and fresh lime juice down with garlic. And um, finally chopped gar- well, actually butter poached the garlic. Then I chopped it. Then I added it to the reduction of the citrus, and um, added corn oil to that. And um, yeah, and we added shallots on pickup uh, to the lobster, and um, we served it with mango and um, a little bit of orange supremes and other citrus on the plate. And the we the lobster was warm, and we poured that warm dressing over the. We used bib lettuce. Yeah, it's a warm 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 composed yeah it was so good that yeah that was really so, good so the the direct when i think about that the dressing that i make I'll, I'll not an emulsified dressing just a simple one one of those you put into a ball jar and you put all the ingredients in and shake the bejesus out of it mm-hmm. but it's just white wine vinegar uh, a neutral oil one big drop of good extra virgin like and fresh, you know, check those dates on the extra virgin bottle sure. on the back. They always hide them like crazy. <laughs> uh, but you want the closest harvest date to now. So it should be like, you know, 21 and not January 21. It should be November, December 21 mm-hmm. is the harvest date on the back of those bottles. And just one nice drop of that, decent amount of salt, a tiny little bit of black pepper, and a little tiny bit of Dijon mustard. Um, a decent amount of shallot, a little bit of chive, uh, all very fine, and the lettuces, slices of ripe mango, and you know, you, and the mangoes after you dress the lettuces, toss them, plate them, the the simple sliced mango on there. I can't spring for the lobster all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, it's also quite nice with the, the honestly a simple grilled chicken breast. Sure, or shrimp. Yeah. Which are less expensive. I've also thought about putting mango in the dressing itself. Or crab meat, if you, (laughs) speaking of expensive, but if you can get crab meat, that would be a nice crab salad too. Yeah. 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 But that's a, that's, that's just an easy, like I said, it's a, and it's, there's no egg, there's no emulsifying. You emulsify it a little bit with that little tiny bit of Dijon mustard. You Mm -hmm. don't want so much that it's like sour or hot. No. Right. So when I'm talking to the farmers, what's the stuff that you want right now? What are you, what are you thinking? Well, I love I love all different types of romaine and and the butter lettuces if those are available. But w- what are you seeing? What do you think they'll have? I mean, usually, uh, like Eliza with two boots, she'll have red leaf and green leaf. That's beautiful, and that's okay. that's delicate stuff. And it's a little more, um, you know, it's that little more frizzy edge. Right, and those are big it. heads. Uh, okay, all right. Fr- Frise, like medium sized frise, will start coming. Oh, that's amazing to get fresh coming local like frise. Coming like the second, second, third sure. week of the month. That stuff is that's super exciting. Great, yeah. yeah. Well, and and um, that gives you a totally different flavor profile when you have frise. But the the other thing about working with that lettuce is you're talking about how dirty it can be. You know, you want to cut the stem end off and. You want to just sort of shake it a little bit before you even go into the water to loosen up some of that dirt. But a big sink of cold water, this is why it's nice. You know, if you're remodeling your kitchen and um, you have the opportunity to put in a big sink, it's so nice when you have things like, you know, lettuces and things. And um, you want to fill it up with cold water and cut the stem end off, put the lettuce in, wash it well. You know, you want to do it gently. You don't want to bang up the lettuce. At the same time, you want to get it clean. So you always lift the lettuce out of the water and then let the water run out of the sink, rinse out the sink. Yeah, rinse out all the sand uh-huh. and all the dirt. And, and start over again. Never let the dirty water 
flow over the lettuce. You want to pull the lettuce. You want it to rise above it. That's why it's nice to have a yeah. big sink. Um, so you want it to rise yeah, above the dirt. It's good to have out. a landing place, a, a tea towel or something mm-hmm. or a colander. On the side. Yeah, or, yeah, I always have a colander with a sheet pan underneath it next to me um, or a cookie sheet or whatever you have at home. You know, just have it set up, ready to go, so you can go right into that. It starts draining, and then you're cleaning your sink, and that by that time, you you know, it's drained. Probably you're back into the water, and I, it usually twice is enough, but you may have to do it a third time. But the the yeah. sign is what's at the bottom of the sink. When you know, if there's still a bunch of dirt down there, you have more let it, you know, cleaning. Yeah, time, the, but the just last be the last time you washed it, there should be a, you should feel like it was kind of useless. Mm-hmm. There's exactly. nothing. There's nothing really in that sink. Yeah, but hopefully it's two times, you know. But it might be three. Well, but yeah, and drain it, it really well, and then spin it if you have a salad spinner. It, yeah, yeah. If you, it's nice to have a salad spinner at home. Um, again, those tend to be little, which is kind of weird to me. Ours are huge. Ours are ours are five gallon gallon spinners, and so when you have big lettuce like those the curly lettuce, those are big heads. You if you haven't pulled it apart, you're gonna have a hard time putting it one of those salad spinners that my mom has at her house. Let me tell you. So. Yeah, it's funny. Also, I I don't like to cut lettuces with knives. No, that's one of those things. That... Right. Right. It's nice to tear it and and. Um, yeah, I think there's some kind of a reaction between. Depends on what kind of knife you have in the lettuce. You know, it will often uh, make it turn red. Well, carbon steel makes it. Yeah, carbon oh, steel immediately forget, browns it. Forget yeah. a carbon steel knife. You are not touching a head of lettuce with a carbon steel knife. That's the thing with carbon steel. No. You have to be super careful with what you're working with. I mean, I I have accidentally chopped an onion with a carbon steel knife, and the onion starts to turn brown. You have a reaction no, between reaction, the metal yeah. and the acid and the product. Yeah, anything with any level of acid will react with that carbon steel. So the the other stuff that's going to come, the things that, when tatsoi comes, this is all stuff that begins to come like midsummer to late. So you've got to wait for tatsoi. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to wait for mizuna, hmm. uh, mm-hmm. which can be just I love great. Mizuna. Yeah, yeah, and that it's nice, small, but the bigger you let that get, and then honestly, arugula, like the real no joke, like big spicy leaves. You know, maybe not as big as your hand, but not far from it. Mm-hmm. That stuff is so good. Well, yeah, so right now it's tender, sweet lettuces. And they won't last very long, That's, right? No. Yeah, it's it's volatile. No. Or early on when um, one restaurant opened, uh, we would make uh, a r- little tiny ravioli called marabini, filled with ricotta and chives, hmm. and float them in a soup made from like these big mature arugula leaves. Yeah. It was really like puree with white chicken stock and, and a little white pepper. And it had so much like zip and character from the arugula itself and color, obviously. Yeah. And just like laying those the, those pasta on top of that as a garnish, that was spectacular. Well, you know, the folks in Italy would have that growing out back and there it was. That's why you, the dish is the way it is. Available. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's funny I also love dandelion greens, and you know that. Mm-hmm. But those, like frisee, I like the wilt. Frisee is fine in a salad, but I like the wilted a little bit. It it, mm-hmm. it does well with dressing from a pan. It does well with warm dressing. It likes richer, heavier things. Sure. The um, the the classic frisee salad that you think of that as a bistro classic is a French classic. The um, I mean, the simplest version of that. Well, what is your favorite version of that? I, I like the one uh, with a little red wine, vinegar, shallots, corn oil, and a touch of extra virgin. And, um, of course, then you have your lardon, your big pieces of, you know, big piece, basically like a large dice of of bacon already browned off, ready to go. And you reserve some of that fat because you want some of that 
bacon fat also in the dressing. So you put you put in the, the little bit of bacon fat in the pan, put the lardon back in to sort of revive them, and then, you know, start wilting your lettuce, hit it with the dressing, shake it up really well, hit it with the dressing, and then obviously it gets a poached egg on top traditionally, and then just hit it with a little bit more dressing on top of the egg before it goes to the table, and there it is. I, I've seen it with blue cheese. I've seen it with, uh, yeah. you know, fromage blanc. Mm-hmm. I've had it with just Reggiano, which was great. Any of the above, yeah. yeah, are fun. I like it with blue cheese, I have to say, too. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, there's that richness. Gorgonzola or Forme d'Ambert make good cheeses for that. When we come back on Formidable Phone Food and Wine, maybe one or two more uh, lettuce stories. <laughs> and then uh, we've got listeners asking travel questions we want to get into as we get into that season. And later in the program, I know Cindy has questions about white wine for the summer. All of that and more on Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And I guess lettuce leftovers are what we have in this segment, right? <laughs> yes. So what, what what else do you like to work with? Well, spinach is nice. So, you know, uh, you know, and I, again, you can do fresh or you can do a wilted salad. I'll, I used to do a bacon dressing on, well, that, it's not exactly revolutionary. I mean, a lot of people do a warm bacon dressing on spinach. But uh, well, speaking of formed on bear, we used to put formed on bear on that salad and we'd just lightly wilt it in a, in a bacon vinaigrette. And oof, that salad was so popular. I haven't made that in years. Spinach salads, people often make in really rich form. My favorite I've had was in a small restaurant in the Veneto. Um, really beautiful, fresh leaves. Not the biggest ever, mm-hmm. but not the not the babies either. Mm-hmm. Tender and 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 they're smart enough to take out the spines because the spines on those mature spinach leaves that's are really nice. That's not nice. That's mm-hmm. one thing to watch out for. Really, any mm-hmm. lettuces, mm-hmm. if they have like a big, rough, you know, fibrous spine. You want you can just take a knife like you're drawing and just cut that. Or you out. can just grab it with your hand. That's the other thing. It's easy to pull, especially with like romaine, not hearts of romaine, but the large heads of romaine. If you want to use those wonderful, healthy outer green leaves, yeah, just grab the top of that and it'll come right out. Hold the bottom, yeah. But that that the excuse to actually use really good extra virgin olive oil is with those stronger greens. It's like the more delicate, the lighter the oil in the in the mm-hmm. dressing. Mm-hmm. You know. At that with just simple sliced tomato in season, lots and lots of pine nuts. Oh, yeah. Just toasted warm Yum. pine nuts. I love pine nuts. Extra virgin olive oil, a couple of dribbles, drizzles of old balsamico. <laughs> and, uh, Balsamic and, and, and spinach is good together. Yeah, it's a, it was a funny little, that woodsy flavor. You know, it's not so much the sweetness. And you don't notice with the tomato, you don't notice the sweetness of the balsamico. Even the older stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the little pops of intense flavor and that woodsiness of literally balsamic notes with the spinach are mm-hmm. really attractive. And and pine nuts, you know, just have such like a great marvelous yeah. texture. They become very, I don't know. It's yeah, they're good. Like almond paste without the, <laughs> without the sweetness in your mouth, you know. It's a good combination of flavors. 
Well, yeah, it's it's obviously time to get to the farmers markets and begin to see. You'll start seeing. Now, this is us just saying that it's coming. Stuff should start popping up. So I would I would watch out for what what's out there, what's available. Yeah, I've noticed some of the farmers are going with flowers too. So that's sort of the beginning. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, one other one other goodie that I've had a couple of different times. I had it in France a couple of times on fish dishes, a lettuce sauce or lettuce cream. Yeah. You know, that Yeah, that's an old-fashioned French well, cooking. You think of sorrel, you know, and sorrel uh, is it an herb? Is it a is it a green? Is it I mean, I think it's considered an herb. Mhm. Well, but, and that sauce is so classic and, you know, you can cook it like they used to or you can do it very fresh and really have a bright, beautiful sauce with beautiful color and really fresh tone to it. Um, you know, that, yeah, that's an easy one. That's an easy one to find too. Just look for the trois gros mm-hmm. um, recipe salmon. for the salmon with sorrel sauce. Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because uh, you know the son is is uh, took over a number of years ago, and and he uh, really wanted to put his mark on the restaurant, and he refused to make that dish anymore. His, 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 his father and his uncle became famous for that very, very dish. Well, and, um, I, you know, I feel about that dish. That's oh, one of the, the things. Oh, the dish is perfection. It, it's, it, it's amazing. It yeah. And it then is. he came back around, you know, he had to kind of, you know, feel his oats, and, and he came back around and did, did, it, did put it on the menu again after years. But it's, it's sort of that idea of cooking that salmon not all the way through, uh, it's pretty well cooked only on one side, and then that sorrel sauce, um, you know, it's it's really just cream or creme fraiche and, and sorrel. It's very, very simple sauce, pureed. Yeah. Or not. I think they used to actually not puree. They used to not puree back, yeah, they in, left back the leaves in the day. Whole. I've had, but I've had even like butter lettuces or or a little bit stronger than that, just, just leaf lettuce, but lots and lots and a cream sauce for... Like river fish and again in the Loire, and I can also see uh, a Robichon sweetbread dish with the uh, lettuce sauce. And oh my gosh, I've always wanted to make that because it just it looks so appealing. But then again, it's this just you know like huge piece of sweetbread that he studs with truffles, and you know it's just this crazy over the top beautiful. Dish. So, you know, I, w- I was thinking of like the very simple little river pike or something, but yeah, you know. Sweetbreads are pretty but simple, you, too. But you, you, it's immediately sweetbreads and truffles. God Stunned bless us. with truffles. God bless us. All right. <laughs> so that, as I'd said, we, and we've we spent time talking about dishes that came from various other places. We should talk about, uh, let's start with the listener question. Okay. Okay. We have an email from a listener, Michelle. She said, she's heard us recommend wineries and restaurants in the Alsace-Lorraine and Burgundy regions of France and in Paris. We'll be visiting in mid-June. Uh, my family loves your restaurants. Suggest you contact your recommendations of wineries and restaurants in these areas. We are staying in the Marais in Paris. Oh, one of your favorite fun, neighborhoods. Yeah, fun neighborhood. Well, that's nice. Huh? Great, great right. antiquing, great rugs. Um, a lot of like vintage stores for silver and that kind of that kind of business. But they're good with public transportation. Feel free to recommend anywhere in Paris. Well, I mean, one of your favorite restaurants in the whole world is right there on the square, is it not? You're not talking about Lamboisie. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lamboisie is a, a three-star Michelin restaurant. He is absolutely one of my very favorite chefs. And, um, yeah, that's – that's uh, please make a reservation. But I would go there for lunch. It's it's the most decadent lunch 
in the world. I mean, it it's a lovely, lovely old townhouse. Uh, those townhouses were built for, I think it was Louis the Fifteenth's courtiers, and that whole that whole area. Um, and and that it's it's, oh, it's beautiful. All the paneling inside that place and the different small dining rooms. Yeah, you feel like you're in someone's really really beautiful French home, and um, it's lovely in the daylight and and uh, the service is incredible. But the but chef is a very humble person and he just is incredibly talented and he has a great respect for classical cooking but he does his own cooking. He definitely does his own and he definitely cooks with the seasons really in a strong oh, absolutely strong strong way. So if you're there in June you'll be getting you know umpteen dishes with baby vegetables and mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, in Alsace, they're staying in Ribeauville, uh, which is a beautiful little town. That's right next to uh, Hunivir. There's a little tiny restaurant. Uh, look it up there. Uh, Swiss family owns it called Le Boc Bleu, B-O-C-B-L-E-U. Um, not on Michelin Guides. Beautiful little terrace. I mean, like four tables on the terrace. Mm, how sweet. Six tables inside. That's uh, the best. Excellent cooking. The menu is whatever the cooking that day. Best venison of my life, there. Okay. I mean, just spec. They, they get product. You know that's beautiful. That mushroom dishes, if they have them, get be all over them. Uh, soups be all over them. But if they they get game, and that's something that they love to mm-hmm. cook. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. great. Uh, you know, fermier cheese, Munster. But not like stinky, crazy, tear your head off like it's been sitting in the port waiting for customers <laughs> for two months, Munster. You know, beautifully, perfectly matured at the farm. You know, the cheese comes to the restaurant. You have a nice slice with uh, with very hearty bread outside and a fat glass of Pinot Gris Great. for your last course there. It's, there's worse stuff. Mm-hmm. There's worse stuff. And it's, it's a modestly priced restaurant. And... They're perfectly happy if you if you buy older wines in some of the shops, or if they certainly have good things in their cellar. Uh, right down the street, uh, like a village over, is a Sipmac, oh. uh, and, and Sipmac, you know, wow. is a producer yes. that, that producer. they're good friends, excellent producer, been there five hundred years. Uh, price quality ratio of their stuff is great. Their sparkling is really good. But if you go to Sipmac, you could. Grab some wines. How fun would that be for, yeah. pe- for people to try? That's yeah, nice. Grab one of the Grand Cru uh, Rosaca Rieslings. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a few older ones hanging around. Mm-hmm. But that's, in that, there's, it's hard to go wrong as far as eating in that region. That, and it's also crazy beautiful. You will go nuts over the flowers uh. in, in Alsace in that, uh, in that time of the year. If the day is nice and the hills, you can see it right across the Rhine into Germany. Huh. Wow. And the thing that people don't realize, that is the second sunniest region, right? The Côte d'Azur is the sunniest region in France. Right behind it with sunny days per year, Alsace. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Place de Vosges is in the Marais? Place de Vosges is in the center of the Marais. Okay. Well, that's where L'Amboisie is, just to be, you know, so Place de Vosges. And that is one of the most beautiful squares, I, I think, in Paris. I sat. So many pretty places. I'm sorry to say that. At the at the little bistro uh, the Mabourgogne, the little bistro on the square there, which mm-hmm. is, which is like a B B minus, but mm-hmm. 
but very charming, easy, great location. It's a, yeah, it nice is Nice view of the square. Right. Like massive, like you had a big night the night before steak tartare <laughs> to have with a, a glass of, uh, of Cru Beaujolais or something and chill out and read a book. And don't let the waiters intimidate you when you're there. They tend to be a slightly bit intimidating. So well, or they, they try to They're be. fine. Just bring some energy. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. bring some energy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. there's also there are great art galleries right on that square, too. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's, yeah. So yeah, those are, that's, those are good questions, Michelle. A little bit jealous. Bone, there are plenty of great places to eat in Bone. If you can get a table of ma cuisine, get a yeah. table of ma cuisine. The cellar is great. For sure. The cooking is not complicated. It's quite good. If they're making the foie gras sweetbread terrine, have that for darn sure. Have the pigeon. Have the pigeon. But at, uh, hopefully. Maybe twice. Yeah, maybe <laughs> twice. <laughs> at one for dessert. Oh, or the sweetbreads or yeah, anything, really. But the pigeon is amazing. Anyway, hopefully that's helpful, and uh, and you're welcome to send us other specific questions. It's foremanwolf at wipr.org, and we will try to answer you on the air or, or maybe even directly. Uh, those are good questions about other regions, and we did speak about one restaurant in Paris in one neighborhood, mm-hmm. but I, there are lots of favorites. Yeah, uh, Benoit is one of my favorite bistros, and it's it's owned by Alain Decoste now, and you know, I I think that the choices on the menu there, you can't go wrong with anything. It's all excellent. And when you're there, you really feel like you're experiencing Paris. It's in a beautiful neighborhood. It's close to the Louvre. Um, and it's not that far from the Seine. Um, you can, you know, depending on where you're staying, hopefully you can walk there. If not, you can get there through Metro or, or Uber or whatever. But Yeah, it's right in the first. Yeah, it's, it's uh it just, I have so many memories of going there. And then one of my other favorite bistros is Shea George. And uh, it's, uh, I'll say the address because there is more than one Shea George. And it's 1 Rue de Mai, M-A-I-L. And um, also one of my favorite uh, bookstores for buying cookbooks is right there a couple blocks away. And it's Library Gourmand. Uh, and it's it's uh, just just incredible. They have old books. They have new books. They have just tons of cookbooks there. And, um, you know, that whole neighborhood is very alive as well. There's a lot of fabric stores there. There's a lot of fashion in that neighborhood. Uh, the Figaro is in that neighborhood. So it's a very, very vibrant neighborhood. Mm. Um, one of the Bourse, the French Stock Exchange is right there Okay, mm-hmm. as well. There's mm-hmm. an awful lot of uh, end, end of day or Friday big lunches that happen at Jay George. Oh that's right gosh. around the corner. And, and you know, one of the first times we went there, which was, you know, well over probably 20 years ago, the it really felt it's like it's, you know, it was more old-fashioned then at Shea George. It's a little bit, they've gotten so much press and attention over the years that it's not quite like it was, but the food is the same. I mean, the feeling, the waiters don't dress in the sort of old-fashioned clothing anymore, and although some of them are still there, which is kind of amazing. And... Um, yeah, the tables are smack dab next to each other. I mean, you the, get your head wrapped around it right now. The, the one thing I have to have going there, the baba rum. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so the, the, the baba is a simple pastry, and, and they serve it with creme fraiche. Fine. But they also bring a bottle of really good, like, Guyana rum and pour... That it is your dessert and your after dinner drink say, at it's, once. It's like a bowl of rum. Because I, I, the rim of the plate has like 
rum like halfway up the rim. It's nuts. I cannot. I can't yeah. eat that dessert. I I, I know it, you love it. That's all right. I'll eat well, yours. Thank goodness somebody. You know, I mean, everybody likes it. It I is just, the only time I, can't I like handle. rum, but I love that. That's, yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, you know, Julia Child used to eat at the restaurant. She used to talk about how great it was that they would serve radishes when you sat down with butter and salt. And um, so, you know, it, it is an old-fashioned place. I mean, I know you and I both love the Turbo. I mean, it's a great place to have Turbo. It's, it usually has just a, a like a boiled potato on the plate, and it's served with hollandaise. And there, uh, I always get diverse. Bernays. Bernays. Oh, is it Bernays? Bernays? Oh, I was thinking it was hollandaise. Okay, Bernays, which is, of course, Come on, hollandaise Cindy. with tarragon reduction. Um, <laughs> it's I like their Turbo very, very much. Um, but, yeah, the, the Gousseriette is one of the most brilliant Riettes you'll ever have. I mean, it's the best I've ever had anywhere. Riette, Riette is the French version of potted ham. That's a little bit like potted ham from God. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a. They make a sal- salade de lentilles, which is just oh my gosh! It, and, and it comes to the table, and it's in this huge bowl, and it's just like you know. I've often been there over the last you know ten, fifteen years by myself, and. I can't help but order it. And then every time it comes to the table, I'm like, oh, I cannot <laughs> begin to eat that. And there's so many other things that I want to have because I want to eat the Riette, and that's a big pot of it. So it's really someplace you should go with at least another person, if not a total it's, of four. It's pretty fun to have a crowd. Yeah, but getting back to the table, they have to pull out the table for you to get in to sit down. And once you're in there, you're pretty much not ever leaving again until you actually leave the restaurant. Yeah, you I mean, plan your movements. Yeah, you are next to the person <laughs> Uh, next to you, so get used to it. I mean, you know, Americans well, you re- don't. recall, I, I, I mean, I rudely spent the entire meal speaking to this oh, retired French grocer one time. It was God, fun. God, fifteen years ago. Yeah, except I didn't understand what you were saying. But that's yes. okay. We're talking about you. <laughs> you were not. Anyway, come back on Formidable <laughs> from Food and Wine. It's a little more um, summer travel advice with uh, food and wine in mind, and uh, some white wines to keep you refreshed this summer. On Formidable from Food and Wine on WIPR. Welcome back to Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're into the uh, dreaming about vacation ah, part dreaming, of the program. Right? That's the word right now. Well, not for all of us, though, but one of us is going. Exciting for you. but Well, I'm, yeah, it's funny. I, I always want to go, frankly, I always want to go to Italy. I want to go to Europe, but I want to go to Italy. Um, and before the pandemic started, I was supposed to go to Spain where our mutual friend Pepe Rivantos has a nice house in the Mediterranean. Huh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. What a, a disappointment. House. Oh, that place and, is amazing. You know, they have four daughters, mm-hmm. and I have two daughters, and we were going to – I'm like, Pepe, you bring good wine. I'll do the cooking. We'll just hang out on the beach for a week. And that, that was the centerpiece of vacation that never happened in 2020 mm. because we know what happened in 2020. Right. There's a fantastic restaurant that he took us to in that little town uh, along the ocean there. The, the, it's the only restaurant in that town. Wow. That 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 town is is a little like uh, Mediterranean, like beach surfy resort. Uh, the town of Caracas. Uh, I love that word. It's Caracas. right down from where Ulbuyi used to be, mm-hmm. um, in Roses, and uh, and really super pretty. Like 
kind of rocky beach. Beautiful place. Yeah. That's yeah, all like whitewashed buildings. Yeah, we had over. staff on a trip there. And the, I mean, the, I think we had cuttlefish and I mean, all the things you dream of in Spain. I mean, the seafood was ridiculously good. It was well, so brilliant. That that particular trip, if you recall, Whew, wow. I had policy. You know, I like to I like to come up with policies on trips. Mm-hmm. So the only meat I was going to eat was going to be jamón iberico. Yeah, well, that's a good right? policy. <laughs> Otherwise, it was all seafood because there's excellent seafood throughout yeah, Spain. Really? So sure. no matter where we moved, whether it was in Madrid or in Barcelona or up the coast or uh, to Asturias. I love Asturias. Mm-hmm. Uh, those mm-hmm. giant lobsters up there with all the roe. That's um, yeah. I think we landed that trip and we went to that place for lunch, and that's where we had like just the first thing were plates of amoni barico, and it was just like I'm like, oh my god, this is one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. And then we had those padrone peppers, which is like playing Russian roulette. You never know which one is going to be ungodly spicy. You know, Ian's growing some right now locally. Oh, oh, how fun! Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, Richfield Farm grows uh, Uh, padrones. The thing is. He doesn't always harvest them early enough. Then so be the Russian really roulette is a little bit <laughs> is a little bit dicier. Okay, all right. When you get that one that that is going to blow, blow your head, your head off, off, yeah, it's it's going to blow it off like with a howitzer. It's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Geez. But yeah, but the I sp- remind him every year, and he's like, "I'll get to it. I'll get to it." <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, Spain is. I mean, if you love seafood, that's your country. I mean, it is it is, and it's so beautifully and simply executed. So. What would you remember the name of the seafood town we went to uh, for that Easter that Easter Sunday where we had shrimp and we had again I think we had cuttlefish and gambrils, uh, gambrils. We had a seafood attack so for Easter. It was so good. Yeah, we had just one. We had ten different dishes of seafood, and and a good number of bottles of worthwhile wine, with uh, a group to to celebrate the. Easter. Easter. Yeah. yeah. So where else, anywhere else in Spain? Well, Asturias, you know, that's where the white bean dishes are so yeah. famous. And but it, it's all but lobster and lobster and uh, octopus. Any particular restaurant there or not necessarily? There, there are a bunch of yeah. like yeah. one stars that are really good, really creative, not crazy expensive. Once you're away from the most popular travel destinations, um, one stars on the Michelin Guide are often really good values. They're trying very, very hard. Uh, they don't have a lot of built-in business. They really are pleased that you came. Yeah. That's just one of those, like, one of those pieces of just general travel advice that I think is always a. You, yeah. You'll treat yourself well and do it at a worthwhile quality price ratio. Um, I mean, it's fun to go south and go into sherry country. It's just warm in the summertime to do that, for sure. That's a. That's like go March and, and spring has come early. Are you going to Italy this kind year? Kind of a trip. Maybe. Yes. Well, you know, every year I want to go to Italy. <laughs> and every year my family wants to go to the beach. So we're going to go to the beach in Italy. That sounds like fun. We're going to go to Sicily. Oh, good. We're going to go to Naxos, oh, gosh. which is about an hour south of Taramina. And uh, so it'll be easy. The beach is lovely, but it's easy to get into Taramina. It's easy to get up on the Mount Etna. Mm. And to visit friends with wineries there. Great. And the the crazy thing, Mount Etna, they've been growing wine. They've been growing the same varietals of wine there for 3,300 years. 3,300 years. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't mean the vines last that long. No. But there are a lot that last 100 years plus. <laughs> and the intensity from those. 
And the ability of that plant that knows that earth so well to pass on generation after generation the knowledge of how to translate that spot, that terroir, those conditions. You know, it just gets better and better and more specific and more specific. And the the wines are super remarkable. Not giant, dense red wines. The the grapes, Norello Mascalese and Norello Capucho are the important grapes up on that north slope of Etna. But they but they're never they're about the, the weight of Pinot Noir, which means they're not going to kill seafood. Right. So is, I was going to say, what are they known for in that particular region in Mount Etna for food? I mean, it's the seacoast all nearby. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. uh, goat, lamb. You'll certainly see that. And various poultry, you'll see that. Uh, Ferrona, guinea fowl. Mm-hmm. And that, that just on like a, a, on a wood grill, like splayed out, you know, like what, what we call spatchcocking these days. An entire guinea fowl, like fat dripping in the fire. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a lot of fruit trees, as I recall, when we were there. Cherries. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it cherries? Yeah. Yeah. Huge number oh. of cherry trees. The most famous cherries in Italy are from, from there. But that's, I mean, Cinque Terre is very famous to go to the beach uh, up along the Mediterranean there. This is where Sicily faces Greece and and pretty darn far south. And once you're out of, like, Taramina proper, it's it's pretty peaceful, which is nice. I mean, Taramina is not a big town, but it's popular tourist destination. Catania is the bigger city that's there. That's the airport that's there. Taramina is, is the right along. It's like a cliffy area, yes. right? Oh, gosh, that's yeah. such a beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. epically, epically beautiful. Epically, that's a good word. It really is epic. It's a lovely place. There's so many worthwhile seafood pasta. Mm-hmm. My At the time, my four-year-old, her all-time favorite pasta, and she's reminding me that I have not yet matched it. <laughs> is? Is just spaghetti, not spaghetti or anything like but spaghetti with uh, fresh grilled sardines that are flaked into it, green almonds, garlic, extra virgin olive oil, and a little batarga as a garnish. Wow. And I watched that four-year-old eat. That's amazing. One meal after the other. It was, it was the restaurant in the hotel we were staying in, in Taramina. And I watched her eat four nights in a row this same pasta, like, and she's like, I love the little eggs that explode. <laughs> well, and that's like an adult pasta. That is not that's a, a pre- kid yeah, pasta. No. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, there's it. no tomato sauce. There's that's no cheese. Amazing. I mean, it's a yeah. very yeah, a subtle, <laughs> delicious, I mean. Oily, She rich. wants to know why I can't give her green almonds when she wants them. I'm like, <laughs> well. <laughs> she'll get some this summer. Yes, she will. That's she'll nice. get some this summer. That's fun. You know, the other really beautiful place to go in the summertime in Italy is up amongst the lakes. Yeah. So whether it's Como, Como which yeah, has become yeah. so famous, yeah. or like Garda uh, near Verona, and Verona is beautiful and has that great opera festival in the summertime uh, yeah. in, in the Colosseum there. That would be amazing to go um, to. Like Maggiore, like Orta, uh, Villa Crespi is the beautiful old hotel on Lake, on Lake Orta. But that, that whole area where the days are lovely, the nights are still a little cool near the mountains. The temperature difference is there. That's a lot of uh, uh, Central and Northern Europe will come down that way for vacation time. I, I have to say, like Como is one of my, I mean, particularly where we stayed a couple of times over the years, is one of my very favorite places I've ever seen in my life. It is so beautiful. 
and fried, the food is fried so olives. good. Fried olives. <gasps> fried stuffed olives. How much? How much? How I many? Eat, how like many fried stuffed them. olives can you eat? Yeah. Uh, at that eight thousand, at that's least. A, that's a dump. And sitting well, there that, looking that, at that's the, the lake. That's the food in Italy. I mean, it's <gasps> oh. there along Lake Como. There, umpteen oh. dozen of states. Your close friend George Clooney has a place yeah, like there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, my close friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well, we did but I mean that, that 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 I think that's important to consider. Uh, the Alto Adige is always, oh, yeah, uh, again, just right up the valley from Lake Garda, um, in into just the most beautiful mountain valleys. Great summertime food, really great value. Hmm. The Alto Adige, staying in some of the old like weird castles. It's so great. That lots go of there hiking immediately. And go there. Pools and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Alto Adige. Um, but. In all of these places, you need one thing. What? Delightful white wine for the summer. Yes, that's true. So you we know? should probably. So you can sit outside about and, that. and feel the warmth and, and <laughs> refresh yourself. So, what are some of your favorites? Oh, what do I, I always want Albariño. So, northwest of Spain from Galicia. Albariño is the grape, the best place is the Rias Baixas. Right across the border in Portugal, you'll see the same grape. With the Portuguese, with its Portuguese name, Alvarinho. Okay. The terroir is just as good. The price is about half. Oh wow, that's so cool. So if when when they come to market, we always snap them up because instead of twenty five dollars for a really good bottle of Alvarinho, it's Alvarinho from across the border. Is maybe it's sixteen, eighteen. Okay, that's great. So mm-hmm. that's 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 one. Sort of bright and fresh. A bright, fresh, mineral, like oyster shell uh, flavors. It can mm. be almost uh, a little figgy on mm. the, on the palate, a little orange peel. Um, that the the producer that that I love the most most of the time is Do Ferrero. Um, really great old vines, perfect site. Um, but Gran Bazan is another good. There are a number of excellent producers. Um, but yeah, Do Ferrero is uh, is is a big favorite. Um, and then Central European, like dry, clean whites, uh, and you, you sometimes, you'll see them from Austria, you'll see them from the Alto Adige in Italy, all the way up there in the north, and you'll see uh, dry wines from, from uh, Germany as well. But a lot of those things are very refreshing. The alcohols are not high. There's not a lot of wood. You know, they, they, they just want to, like, clean your palate and delight you. So they're in stainless steel tanks? A lot of times stainless, sometimes fermentation in cement. Oh, yeah. Sometimes fermentation in really old, giant oak barrels. (laughs) And the Italians call them botti. The French call them foudre. And they've been used time and time again, so they're not giving off. They're not giving giving flavor. They're really just for oxygen exchange. Got it. It's part of the development of the the, the flavor and the the flavor of the leaves and the wine itself. but varietals like Moluturgau, uh, you'll see up there, the famous and pretty fashionable these day, these last decade or so from Austria, Grunewaldliner, uh, and that's you know Grunewaldliner has all those like white pepper, green tea, aromas and like little white berries, mm-hmm. sort of flavors and and really crisp, zingy acidity. What do you think about food with that? I tell you the best thing I've ever had with. Uh, Grunewald Liner, summertime, mm-hmm. like cold, cold fried chicken. Oh, okay, yeah. Cold fried chicken, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's a little salty, <laughs> a 
like crunchy fatty breading to it and you know that oh my goodness okay pull that apart the warm biscuit cold fat glass granova leaner that's good all right that's really good and lots i mean lots of fried stuff you know fried crawfish fried oyster fried, yeah. but very good crab cake wine in a heartbeat can actually especially if you have one that has more intensity will definitely work for that uh, Riesling from Germany, like Trolken Riesling, which is dry, or Halb Trolken, half dry, or some of the simple ones, like 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 Diel, D-I-E-L, easy name to remember. They're basic Riesling from the Nacha. Delicious, tiny little bit of sweetness. But those are those are great refreshers. Anyway, that's all we have time for on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. If you want to listen to this episode again or download any of the others, please go to the WYPR website wypr.org look for the Foreman Wolf page and there's a full menu of goodies there for you if you want to email correspond with us it's foremanwolf at wypr.org if you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media you can follow me as Chef Wolf on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook my Instagram is the real Tony Foreman and thanks for listening happy Sunday happy Sunday